Welcome to the 112th episode of News Dump, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm local man Aaron Vantile, joined today by Chronicle reporter Isabel Vanderstoop and Chronicle VP Franklin Taylor. Chronicle executive editor Eric Schwartz is on vacation. Does anyone know where he has gone on vacation? Yeah, he's camping with his kids in Oregon. Wow. At the beach. Good for him. Good for him. You didn't know that? No, I did. I just couldn't remember. He told me. Also, we're joined in spirit by our sponsors, Summit Funding and The Roof Doctor. Look at you. Like you haven't missed wow. a step. Wow. <laughs> Great work. Thank you. Uh, how are your weekends? Isabel, you're coming off uh, an undisclosed illness. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. I'm all good. Franklin, how was your weekend? I watched Aaron Van Tyle take second place at the I-5 Toyota Back to School Dash. Second place in my age division. In his age division. That yeah. doesn't surprise me. He loves to run and he loves to talk about it. <laughs> Big. Uh, Franklin has informed me that there is a medal waiting for me at I-5 Toyota. Uh, if anybody over there wants to give it to somebody in need of a medal for something, if they see oh, one of our people's champions metal. of the week. Uh, no, I didn't think I'd gotten one. And I figured if I did, Franklin would bring it with him and he did not. So there it sits. He won the medal. So it's he, your he, fault. He won the medal. He better go get this damn thing. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anything else exciting we need to talk about before the news? No. Okay. Thank you for shaking your head. Uh, on an audio I'm sorry. format. No, the answer is no. I then said no. Okay. First news item. 13-acre blaze leads to closure of I-5. The photos from Nightcrawler were compelling. This was Thursday night. The freeway was closed by 7 o'clock at Grand Mound, and the fire was 80% contained by 9 o'clock. Yeah, that was a crazy one. Lots of smoke pouring all over the freeway, but... Thankfully, no evacuation orders, nobody was hurt, and all's well that ends well, sort of. I mean, still a bummer, definitely a problem, but taken care of. Did we have another fire today? Was that anything? Yeah, it's. I don't really know the information, um, but yeah, there was a, apparently a small blaze in Centralia. It looked like it was over by the railroad tracks. Yeah. yeah. Did, that affected a transformer right by it, so a little bit of Centralia lost power. Oh. Yeah, could okay. have. I don't know. Thanks. Thanks for the update, Franklin. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Good work. Just telling you what I hear. The uh, walls the walls talk in this building. If Eric really were here, do. he would he would have something to say. He <laughs> we starting the if only Eric were here. <laughs> well, he's always the one who like talks about the stuff that happened today or happened on <laughs> Facebook or whatever. None of the rest of us actually look. It is important on a podcast to have a guy who can talk about the stuff that happened. <laughs> uh, update on the fire that closed the freeway, I think. Oh, no, this is a different fire. Centralia man accused of starting 12.5 acre brush fire north of Centralia on Saturday. Different fire? Different fire. Wait, okay. actually, before we move to this other fire, I just want to say really quickly that DNR is taking tips about the 13 acre blaze in the Grand Mound area that led to the closure of I-5. Um, if you have any information about the way that fire started, there are signs posted in the area of the burn, um, with a phone number to call for DNR to give tips. And then on to the Centralia one, um, that one is like not under investigation in the same way. It's like more certainly probably arson 
this Centralia man has been accused of starting, like, I think it was multiple small fires maybe that kind of turned into like a 12.5 acre one um, at around 3.45 p.m. on Saturday. Um, yes. And a deputy with the sheriff's office found this fella, Russ Charnell, in the 300 block of North Railroad Avenue and reportedly asked him if he had seen anyone starting fires. According to court documents, Charnell <laughs> responded by saying he would tell the truth and that it was he who lit the fires. I like how you call. Do you know this person? No. Well, you said you called him Russ. I know he did, he, did shorten his, he did shorten his name, but it's still written Russell. Like you don't know that he has a nickname. I mean, he's my agent. He's from Centralia. He goes by Russ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, they found him. They found my friend, Russ, <laughs> my so fire friend. It's Russ. like a big fire week. And I believe the fire danger only continues with all this wind and hot weather. So please be careful and report smoke when you see it. All right. Next item. Flying saucers will return to Shayla's for 75th anniversary of famous UFO sighting. Back on June 24th, 1947, Idaho-based pilot Kenneth Arnold, some called him Ken. <laughs> Did you know him, Eric? Uh, yeah, we were, we were buds. Took off from the Chehalis Airport on what was supposed to be a simple business trip to Yakima. I feel like back then in the 40s, like flying from Chehalis to Yakima was not simple. But what do I know? Anyway, around Mineral, he saw nine flying saucers, and to this day, no one knows what they were. It was the first major UFO sighting in America. Um, I feel like the word saw there is just doing, a, doing an awful lot of work. He just saw nine flying saucers. Nobody's like, did you? And he's like, I sure did. And they're like, whatever. I feel like this headline is really promising a lot. Like, it says flying, sauce, flying saucers will return to Shales <laughs> yeah. like you, for you 75th will see anniversary. Yeah, like, somebody like, talk to him? I mean, um, I, I know what it's getting at, but it, it does feel like we know that they're coming back. And anyways, <laughs> okay, so the event itself. The event itself, to honor that milestone, City Farm Shales, McFiler's Shales Theater, and the Lewis County Historical Museum will play host to the Shales Flying Saucer Party on September 17th. It's going to be presentations, a new exhibit at the museum, a saucer drop from the museum gazebo, UFO cartoons playing at McFiler's, and they are showing the day the earth stood still at McFiler's Theater. All kinds of cool stuff, and it benefits the museum. I bet they have cool t-shirts as well, and I want one. That sounds really fun. I'm jealous that I can't go, but I'm going to be at uh, Paradise on September 17th, so hopefully I'll see a flying saucer of my own. Yeah, I mean, you'll be able to see them from all over the county when they return to Shalis. <laughs> well, especially Mount Rainier, right? Yeah, exactly. They're going to circle around that. going to be like, oh, remember that thing? We saw it 75 years ago. I think I should write like <laughs> a fake first person where I come back and I'm like, here's my story about seeing flying saucers at Rainier. <laughs> I too saw flying saucers and I talked to the aliens who said, yeah, we actually operate on the same calendar as you. So we recognize this anniversary. You probably already know this, but Eric was talking about it last week that apparently, like, I don't know when it was, but once the Chronicle, like, ran this first, like, front page, uh, like, feature story on this woman who supposedly was abducted by aliens and, like, just didn't pretend like it wasn't real at all. Mm -hmm. Do you know about that? 
Uh, no, but I mean, it sounds like something that would have happened in Shehalis and been reported by the Chronicle. I love it. <laughs> they were just like, yep, this stuff. is what she said. Uh, yep, we have attributed <laughs> all of it to her. She <laughs> is definitely abducted. That's not a small like statement either. No, and front page. Yeah, if I, t- if I told you guys I was abducted by aliens, would you believe me? Didn't I would write a story about it. Didn't okay. you get the first footage of like Elon Musk's satellite blowing up and you're like, holy shit, they're coming? Yeah, I had to mute the video because my wife, I think, was in the background. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the Mayan calendar was just off by a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, the, the UFO party in Shayla sounds cool. Uh, next item, Thurston County Corner identifies man in crash at blocked I-5 lanes for over 13 hours. This is a sad story, and I don't like that the headline implies the man who inconvenienced us all. Well, but it's, that's just, that's just like the information. Like, which crash are we talking about? The crash that blocked I-5. Yeah, but I like. I wish Schwartz were here. It'd be a lot more fun to argue with him, obviously, <laughs> uh, since he wrote the headline. <laughs> but just like throwing for over thirteen hours, this is like I. Well, but the remember thing is, when you were so inconvenienced? Well, we know who died. No, it's you know that thing that happened where I five was closed for thirteen hours. We figured out the guy who was killed in that crash. You know what? Agree to disagree. <laughs> I can't believe I'm the one arguing for more for sensitivity, more sensitivity <laughs> to the deceased. Typically, in this one that case. is me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sensitivity, next item: despite outcry from residents, Winlock City Council advances annexation proposal. Winlock wanted to take over a bunch of their urban growth area. I think that's what UGA stands for. Yeah. So they held a meeting and a bunch of people showed up asking them specifically not to do what they were talking about doing. And the council said, we're going to do it anyway. And they did. They're annexing part of the UGA, which could raise taxes, raise insurance, cause sewer problems, anger a ton of people, all kinds of stuff. Um, The public opinion bits of this were pretty entertaining. There's a ton of quotes in the story. A few I liked. There's been nothing but issues from the mayor since the day I moved here, said one guy. Another guy alleged issues with Winlock's sewage system, telling the city council, telling the council the city needed to fix its sewer problems before annexing the UGA. As Bernard continued speaking, tensions rose between himself and the members of the council. Mayor Brandon Svensson called those issues laughable, and the speaker accused the government of being authoritarian. One frustrated citizen said, We're not stupid. Stop treating us like we are. Another said, I can say right now, to hell with the city of Winlock. And one other man said, well, you can't stop progress, but you sure can screw it up. Um, again, these are all comments from people who specifically do not want to live within Winlock city limits. <laughs> they live nearby and were so upset about the prospect that they may have to live within Winlock city limits. They showed up to a meeting with the Winlock city council, knowing their opinions probably wouldn't matter and yelled at them anyway. For the most part, the Winlock City Council went <laughs> thoughts. These guys make it seem like it's really, really bad to live in Winlock. Well, it's not even that. Like, <laughs> I, I don't even think that's the... Oh, sorry, let me turn off my dinging phone. Anyways, I don't even think that's like the biggest 
thing. I think it's like also the people who live in the city limits were sort of upset about it because they thought it might like increase taxes or like fire insurance premium. How do, how do you say that? I don't know. Premiums? Yeah, your insurance premiums would go up if you have yeah, yeah. more people Because there's like more people. But Well, and part of it was the, the area they're annexing might be have a higher fire rating than like right. the city, which right. makes sense because the area they're annexing probably has like the kinds of areas that are catching on fire right now. Right. So it isn't just the people who are out of the city not wanting to be in it. I think there's also the people in the city not wanting the other folks to be in it. But it's, I would say this is one of those situations where the, the, the reporting is like, is what we can do because it's a public hearing and like, it just sort of has to say everything that it was. But if we had like a relationship with the city of Winlock where um, any of the counselors were more likely to be like describing any of this stuff, then we might find out like, Oh, well the city has to expand because of population limits or whatever. Like, this is what a UGA is for, right? So you create one and then you annex parts of it when it's time for you to grow. And I just sort of wish there was like more background or we got more their side of the story, if that makes sense. Like just doesn't, I don't know. And I'm not really trying to like blame anybody for that. I, I just feel like in the future, it would be cool if we could have more like from that perspective, why, why are they expanding and what's the next step after that? And why Power. is it important? But yeah. I don't really think that's it. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Like power over the Mickelson Parkway area. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like it's a lot of like stuff that they're getting besides just more land. Mm-hmm. Power. <laughs> I, just, I, I, you act like this can be explained away with, rational arguments and I'm not really sure that's the case. If it were, you would think that the people involved in this showing up and shouting at the council to please not do this thing that will make their lives worse would sway the council and the council went into executive session and basically said, yeah, we're, oh well. But I feel like there are a lot of uh, Winlock especially meetings that have turned into these sort of yelling matches recently and I feel like in that kind of discourse, the reasonable stuff just gets lost. Like it becomes harder to defend your actual reasoning behind doing things as a council if you just like tell people their opinions are laughable. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Um, it's also worth noting that the city of Windlock is a grand total of 959 registered voters. So... You know, if those city council seats do come up uh, for re-election, the number of people who came to this meeting and were pissed off about it will matter. Something to think about. In case, Franklin, you want to run for Winlock City Council. I'm not considering a move right now. (laughs) But you never know. Like I said, they might just annex your house. I'm not trying to, like, blame anybody for the way that this is like, I think it's good when people go to public hearings. I think it's really good when people talk about the issues that they know are going to like involve them and 
this is this is where it's supposed to happen, right? Like, if you have the annexation happen and then you complain, everybody will be like, well, why weren't you at the public hearing? So it's good that this stuff happens. I just feel like there's not a lot of civility and therefore the conversation isn't really clear, like, why they don't want it or what would be the benefit of having it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am looking through the story and there isn't much in there on why um well what what are some perks like if you live in a uga and the city wants to annex where you live in what are like an example of benefits that you would get it's just like more more acreage pretty much like you have to have a certain amount of space for a certain amount of people like and so when your city grows, like every year you have to like add, I think it's like 20 years of growth projected. You have to add enough room to accommodate what that would be. Okay. So then you like go into the county's unincorporated land and you create this like, uh, I think they call it like an interlocal agreement where you have the urban growth area that's basically like, where you've mapped out your city expanding to when it's time to do that. And then when it's time to do that, you do what they're doing now, which is annex that part of the UGA. Okay. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. And like, I also feel like if the Winlock city council maybe had a stronger relationship with Winlock, this probably wouldn't have resulted in a shouting match at the city council meeting. Yeah. It's also really interesting. Um, at the meeting, uh, Commissioner County Commissioner Lindsay Pollock, who's also a Winlock area resident, she's not in the city council or in the city limits, but um, she stood up and like as soon as she stood up, everybody started clapping, like and she was just like, I'm just kind of here to listen, just like figure out what's going on, and anyways, but it does seem to be like I know that that means these people are really appreciative to have somebody who's listening to them and paying attention to their issues. And maybe that means they don't feel like that's been happening with their city. Yeah. Could be. All right. Um, that's enough about Winlock. Let's talk about drugs. <laughs> Story news item, chemicals of concern. Expert speaks in Centralia about emerging drugs and trends. This is Stephanie seat. I think. With Community Bridges Incorporated, broke down not only the dangers of drugs, but how she sees the makers of them trying to make products more appealing to kids. Drink two seminars last Monday at Centralia College. Seminars were both packed with children taking notes. Uh, she talked Wait, about. Are you serious? No. <laughs> uh, okay. she talked I was about, like, did I miss that? <laughs> <laughs> she talked about how awful vaping is and how one drop of liquid nicotine could kill you. No. She didn't say uh, that. She did say that. Really? This feels, I don't know. <laughs> this feels a lot like the old just one marijuana cigarette and you'll become a murder crazed monster tactic, but what do I know? Um, after getting hooked on vaping nicotine, she explained sub kids begin to search for stronger highs, including abusing the prescriptions many of them get from their doctors. Once those have been used up, they've turned back to the streets in order to get their fix. And she said kids shouldn't be getting high on pot, which is, you know, just her opinion. Um, um, did go you ahead. see the art with this story had, uh, by the way, I do think it's probably Siete, her last name, right? Cause that's like the Spanish word for seven. Like it's spelled the same way, but yeah, whatever. Anyways, the art for this story was great. Like 
um, Chad took the photo and it was the, she was speaking <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> she was speaking and behind her, there was this picture of like on one half of this guy's head, he's like hitting a jewel. And on the other half, his other mouth is like, <laughs> has like 20 cigarettes in it. And it's so funny. I, it's just the I coolest know. kid in all yeah, the town. I know. I know. It's like 20 like, cigarettes at once. What a boss. It's not supposed to be funny, but it just like these days, I feel like anti-drug like I agree stuff just tends to be hilarious like so. that. But I don't know. I think they could have picked a better graphic. Yeah. It's uh, great. They've got pictures of Stacy Denham. Thankfully they moved the two headed cigarette monster from behind him. Uh, which, you know, never mind. Um, <laughs> Harry Baguandin was there. He's running for County commissioner for East Louis County, right? Uh-huh. Uh, well, and had, South district three covers a lot. Yeah. District three. That's one. Uh, he had some quotes, you know, great statistics, wonderful. Where are the solutions? None of us know how to solve this problem, but making each other criminals isn't working either. It's easier to prevent something than it is to fix it after it breaks. We're beyond that now. It's broken. Uh, he added, you don't beat addiction with talking, although the existence of this podcast says otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah, drugs. How do you guys feel? You don't beat addiction with talking is kind of a weird point to add. Considering like AA meetings and other type of meetings. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, good point. Good so, I mean, point, Franklin. Point. Like that's horrible. Like this, that doesn't make sense to add there, but no, I think, I think hearing it wasn't the focus on this too. I know mean, they talked a lot about um, like the vaping, but wasn't fentanyl a huge part of this conversation as well? Um, yeah, I think they talk about it in here somewhere. I feel like the, I do feel like the focus of the story was vaping. Okay. But there was a, yeah, there was, there was like the whole, that sort of slippery slope thing that, um, that Aaron was talking about earlier where it was like, then they do this, then they do this, that ended with, and then they're on fentanyl. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. They did mention fentanyl, uh, the deadliest drug on the black market these days and opioid. Black market. Come on. Like where? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Like people are just buying buckets of fentanyl, like under the train station. Um, says it's an opioid around 50 times more potent than morphine. And two out of every five pills contain a lucky prize for the taker, death. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I mean, this is, I do think this sort of stuff is important. And like having these uh, seminars and whatever is is really good for the Lewis County area. I know like it's, it is a problem and it is a problem in youth here. Like I'm, it's just also very easy to make fun of after decades and decades of like war on drugs, like commercials and dare and whatever, just like the era that we've grown up in. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys remember this, but drugs won the war on drugs. There's no two ways about it. Like this is like <laughs> the other side just gave up for the most part. Anyway. Um, yeah, there's good information there and like you shouldn't do drugs, but also like, come on, just chill out. Um, <laughs> uh, less laughable. Next topic. Uh, Morton police chief says department putting utmost care into sexual assault investigation. There was an alleged rape right next to the police station in Morton, and the people involved don't like how it's being handled. They graffitied a van and parked it in front of the police station shortly thereafter. 
Uh, Roger Morningstar reached last week, said, I sympathize with the family of the victim, but I don't believe they're abreast of all the facts involved. Um, he added that the person who painted up the car Tuesday night has made no effort to contact the police department. I found it interesting to claim the police know more about the case than the victims. Kind of a weird take. Um, and I was also wondering, no? Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think there are a lot of questions. I think wondering is like the, is a good, we're all wondering a lot, but it was good to get their perspective on it. Yes. And hopefully we'll know more soon. I, I know this is definitely like a hot topic, but I want to be, I just kind of tried to cut Aaron off because I want to be <laughs> sensitive about this and like recognize that we don't know anything more than what we've heard from Morton PD and seen on Facebook. And that's not a lot to go off of right now. And so I feel like we will just leave it at that. Um, yeah. Unrelated, but a comment on the story was maybe this is because Morton is understaffed. Um, and it's worth pointing out that Morton is in talks to take over policing PL, which is over an hour away. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. We'll we'll um, find out more on that also when we can. I know it was brought up at the most recent Morton City Council meeting and was tabled. So right now it's it's not moving forward, but it may eventually. Okay. Speaking of PL, PL area fire chief says ambulance service could be lost without additional volunteers. Uh, this is Fire District 11. They need volunteers willing to drive an ambulance or volunteers in EMT during the daytime as they fight to avoid losing their emergency medical service transport license. Has anyone mentioned contracting with Morton? <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely a bummer. We we're hoping that they can, I don't know, fix this issue. Obviously, there was a um, meeting held about it in the PL Doty Dryad area recently. And yeah, it's, it's definitely like they're not alone in, in this tough spot of if we don't get more help, we just really can't keep doing it. Yeah. Rochester, uh, PL area, I, Napa Vine, like, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Franklin, do you agree? Do you concur? It's tough. And with that, we're going to take a break. Hi, this is Jacek from Summit Funding. Here's what a recent client is saying about us. Hi, this is Chad Taylor. Have you been thinking about purchasing or refinancing your current home? The team at Summit Funding is the best in class. Looking for a conventional FHA, VA, USDA, jumbo, or even a reverse mortgage? Trust the team at Summit Funding. Corley and I did, and we couldn't be happier. Thank you to all of our past clients. If you have any questions, give us a call at 360-330-4037. All right, we're back. It's time for segments, starting with Tales from the Takes page, a.k.a. the opinion section. First one up, we've got a op-ed by a bunch of people called, It is Time to Change How Money Aimed at Homelessness is Spent. And this is by the City of Centralia officials listed at the end of the column, who are <laughs> Centralia Mayor Kelly Smith-Johnston, Mayor Pro Tem Cameron McGee, City Councilor Mark Wesley, Planning Commission Chair Jacob McGee, City Manager Rob Hill, and 
Community Development Director Emil Pearson. And their column op-ed is mostly about wanting more strings on the contracts for service providers, for people experiencing homelessness, and making the most of the money being spent. But they also suggest additional services, and I'm not sure the we're going to do more with less by demanding more for our money approach is really realistic in this. They've got good ideas, but I feel like it doesn't quite go far enough, or it doesn't take big enough swings. Maybe. Are I don't you, know. Are you going to take the swings, Aaron? All right, maybe I'll write another column. <laughs> Even though the last one I specifically wrote at the end of it in my tagline, Aaron is the host of the Chronicles News Dump podcast and former sports editor and associate editor. He would not like to be contacted by anyone about anything. And I was contacted by someone about something. <laughs> Did you respond? No. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, they wrote a column. It was kind of coming off of the uh, Sean Swope's comments about homelessness and funding and the peer-to-peer counseling group and all of that that took place a few weeks ago. And we discussed on this podcast at length. I don't really need to think we need to get into it that much. Uh, however, when it was posted online, Leah Derud, Centralia City Councilor, had a comment. I edited this a little bit just for brevity's sake. She said, if we want to end homelessness in Centralia, we must learn from these effective models and policies. It's essential to realize we don't want a Centralia where people live and die on the streets. Once we understand that and are willing to publicly address those concerns, it becomes easier to start taking steps to solve this problem. I would love to see a cross-jurisdictional approach that's representative of all humans involved in homelessness. From agencies to government, that's who's dangling the money and decisions over the heads of the unhoused, the service providers, churches, people with lived experience, etc. Um... Yeah. So she actually had some some good ideas and I did not expect to agree with her, but I did. Wow. So that's a compliment. Um I just talked way too much. I, I bet like ten people just turned the podcast off. No, it's it's fine. I think I think what we can all agree on is that with homelessness, what we really want is to put more roofs over more people's heads. And if we want to do that, who do you think we should call? Wow. <laughs> What a! I absolutely love it. Wow, great work. We should uh, call the roof who, doctor. The roof doctor. God damn it! Call how the roof can, doctor. How can we call the roof doctor? <laughs> um. Well, you can call them at three six zero seven three six zero two four six, or go to theroofdoctor.com, and they give out free estimates for their work. They usually get their work done in a couple days. And if it's an emergency, they will come right away and they make house calls at the roof doctor. So you definitely want them putting roofs over your heads. Wow. Great transition, Isabel. Fantastic work. Way to liven it up after that lame bit of commentary. God, that was good. <laughs> we, can also good thank, we can also thank the roof doctor for providing our weather on the Chronicle website. Oh, I didn't know that. They are Look the weather that. sponsor. They bring us the weather. Wow, thank they you. Sure, they bring us the weather and protecteth us from the weather yes. as well. Ooh, that's good. Um, anyway, next <laughs> next segment, People's Champion of the Week. Uh, do you want to take this, Isabel? Yeah, I put three in here. Um, <laughs> one of them is just we happen to uh, take some, I say we, but Crawler took pictures of kids with a lemonade stand on his way into work, which I thought was great 
little bit of local news and I um, put them as possible people's champions. Uh, High bar this week. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of happy news. So Um, I also did this story on clean teams. There are five of them in Lewis County. Um, The headline is litter addressed by volunteers programs across Lewis County from Packwood to PL. Actually, it's possible there are more than five and I missed some, but there are five that I talk about in the story. Um, So a lot of volunteers recently have been stepping up to tackle increased litter, which I thought was maybe worthy of a nomination. And then um, lastly, Centralia College student from Chehalis places at state public speaking championship. Linda, I think it's classic. Lindy? Lindy? Lindy, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a homeschooled running start student from Chehalis. They're, they're, they're actually called running start students experiencing homeschooledness. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just thought this was noteworthy because she placed in state for the thing that people like to do less than anything else. Yeah, that is, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Anyways, Uh, those are the three I had. Did you interview her? No. Did did anybody? It's a Matthew Zilstra joint. Well, you should have called her. I bet she would have (laughs) talked. That's good. Um, Let's see. She would have spoke. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with uh, Lindy Classic. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Good for her. Uh, People's champion. And we have a new segment alert. (laughs) Isabel gets so many emails, more than any other reporter, I think. Yeah. And they're all interesting. (laughs) And we decided to add a segment where she addresses one or two of them she's gotten recently. And it is called Butter Emails. Yeah, that it wasn't it? my a choice. Political. That's a work, it's a work I, in progress. I get it. It's a work in progress. I think it's a pretty good. Yeah, what else are you going to call it? You think it's good because you came up with it, but it's Isabel's fun. emails. No, it's catchy. It is not. It's catchy. <laughs> it is the opposite of catchy. <laughs> it's obvious what it is. Anyways, it's storytelling. Um, I get a lot of really funny emails, and I I just want to start bringing one or two a week. Uh, maybe one day I will be a normal person who gets normal emails, and there won't be anything to read. But I. I kind of doubt it. And also, um, I won't be including the sender's name. So if you are a person who emails me, fear not, and continue sending your weird things. <laughs> so um, the first one that I have for this week is um, based on a story that was titled Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Generations Removed from Mary Borst Gather in Centralia Saturday. So the email goes, Isabel. I read the article wondering why the relatives were removed from the Borst home. Very poor choice of wording for your article. It looked as though there was some kind of kerfuffle that caused them to be taken off the property. Nice picture. Great subject. Bad title. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so great and very funny and like definitely the the homonym really got me here with removed, but um, it, the email definitely made me laugh a lot. And I responded to them. I was like, that's a, that's a good point. I'm yeah. But I just meant it in the, you know, what, what the genealogical have, sense. What would the removed. headline have been if they had been like Borst, Borst relatives Picked removed off. after rambunctious yeah. <laughs> raucous reunion? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was, it was funny though. And then uh, one other one. I wasn't here to talk about Ryder the Big Steer last week. And I got this really wonderful email. Um, It said, hi, Isabel. And then it actually started off with a buffer of saying she's very fond of my writing, which was really nice. And then it got into, 
I must tell you, though, that I read your story about Ryder the Big Steer with mixture of amusement and chagrin. In the story, you referred to Ryder as a bull, a steer, and a cow. <laughs> Those are three distinctly di- different animals. When a calf is born, it is either a bull if it is a male or a heifer if it is a female. Most bull calves are castrated and become steers. Heifers are bred, and when they produce their first calf, they become cows. Only female bovines who have had a calf are cows. Calling a steer a cow is like calling a eunuch a mother. As a side note, I don't think bulls are allowed in the 4-H or open class barns at the fair. That would be too dangerous. If one of the heifers or cows came into heat, I doubt there's any pen that would stop a bull. I hope you take this message in the same spirit in which it is written. I'm just trying to provide you with a little more knowledge. It's not a criticism. I think your writing is terrific. (laughs) I like that. That's a great email. That was was a great email. So good. It made me laugh for a long time. Anyways, that's the section. Hope you guys liked it. Uh, Don't take it too personal. We all have our own uh, Lewis County blind spots. Yeah. It's just having to be cows, bulls, farm animals. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, not just cows. (laughs) Not all of them had a calf. Yeah. (laughs) I will continue getting things wrong in stories until the end of time. But it's emails like this that keep me going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sirens banger of the week. Attorney pleads not guilty to perjury accusations in Lewis County Superior Court. Longview attorney Robert Lee, Bobby Lee, has pleaded not guilty to felony perjury charges after he... did it actually No, I just called it Bobby Lee. (laughs) Okay. Well, it says it in the... Notes, so I just assumed that you'd put uh, that yeah. in there before. Not everything in the notes is true. <laughs> uh, he pled not guilty to felony perjury charges after allegedly lying about not receiving a notice from the county prosecutors while representing a client in a superior court case. Back on May 24th, he said he didn't get notice from the prosecutor before they filed a motion for summary judgment. However, he had informed his client about the motion in an email on May 9th, two weeks earlier, and sent the whole thing to his client on May 12th, according to his snitch-ass client. We don't get a lot of perjury. This is exciting, and I hope his client is very happy. It's an interesting one, yeah. I definitely don't get a lot of those. Do you think the client got, like, they told him he was guilty, and then he kind of, like, looked over at the prosecutor and just like, psst, come here. Got something for you. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, you guys ready for some comments of the week? The best section of the week. Ugh. All right. On a story about the Chris Rechtal, the state superintendent of public instruction, pitching a dual-language elementary school program, you can imagine how Lewis County reacted. Uh, One comment says, there are more important subjects that would be extremely beneficial, such as life skills, how you live after high school, growing food, budgeting, cooking, canning, and more. If others want to learn a foreign language, optional at their own pace. Okay, but you can can learn those things. Yeah, those are all classes you can take. And in high school, this is elementary school. Yeah. Uh, And, (laughs) God, this one, what a banger, written in all caps. You bozos need to focus on the King's English. Whenever I'm out in public, I get annoyed by all those illegal Hispanic chickens squawking up and oh down every store god. aisle. Oh my god. Oh my god. And I then the comment, that. <laughs> the comment after the comment responding to this says, You look like a kid from a Make a Wish Foundation. Was your wish to stand next to a crappy motorcycle? <laughs> Gosh. Oh, it just keeps getting worse. Okay. Uh. That's not like that's not the best. <laughs> That's not the, that's not a representation of the Chronicle. <laughs> that comment is not good. 
<laughs> was your wish no. to stand next to a crappy motorcycle cracked me up? <laughs> uh, was there a, did he respond about his motorcycle? You know, I didn't go back and check. I bet he did. Um, I, Let's move on. <laughs> on a story about the best of Lewis County voting, which is that is that open, Franklin? Yeah, well, you can still vote. Yeah. Okay. Uh, comment says, isn't this just a marketing gimmick? What? How can it really represent a true favorite when each person can vote repeatedly? So people can vote repeatedly. Um, but Kyle, Kyle McCarricker, he runs, he runs the best of Lewis County. So when you do vote multiple times in one day, you can vote once per day. So when you do vote multiple times per day, um, any vote after your first vote is deleted. You you are you are a lot stronger than I thought. You just threw Kyle under the bus with no help from anybody. No, so Kyle Kyle does a really good job keeping this up to par. Well, I mean, and I mean, hey, we certainly we, we even have a- we even have clients um, that buy ads here, buy ads at the Silver Agency, spend money with us in some some way, um, and they're currently losing Best of Lewis County. And if they don't start voting. They're going to lose. I thought you were going to say- We're not going to move them to first place. We're going to keep this honest and humble. I thought you were going to say if they don't start buying more ads, they're going to lose. Yeah, if they don't start spending more money. (laughs) No, it's, I mean, it's certainly like gimmicky, but it's fun. People really, people really actually care about this and think about it. Like I, before I started working at the Chronicle, I was also like, oh, I don't think that's like, that's, it wasn't something I thought about, but since I've started working here and talking to people who have been nominated for best of Lewis County, it actually like means a lot and they think about that and care about it. And I think that's sweet. If you can recognize people that we want to appreciate and stuff, it's, it's just fun. I agree. Let it be fun. I also like that if you win, you get a plaque that says you're a winner for that year. Like if I go into a local business and see that hanging on the wall, I think, wow, all right. Best burger in town. Oh, well, it's on a plaque. It must be true. <laughs> it makes it taste better. Rumor has it. Yeah. Uh, and a final comment on the Winlock meeting and Winlock mayor, Brandon Svensson. The comment says, when he lived in Nevada, he called himself a libertarian. That makes him a, wait for it, rhino. Mm. <laughs> it finally happened. Because you can't be, you can't have had other political beliefs in the past. Nope. To have the ones you have now. You're born with them. That's just, yes. <laughs> you are born with your political beliefs. <laughs> you either get voted out of office a Republican or you stay in office long enough to be called a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's in the next edition? Does anybody know? Oh, I have, I have some stuff that's coming up in the next edition. Uh, Thursday's edition of the Chronicle will have the sports sections prep football preview. It is eight pages jam-packed with stories and photos and information about the prep football season. There's previews for all 16 teams in the coverage area. Ton of good stuff in there. And the sports dump podcast is coming back tomorrow as well. Yeah. I've never listened to an episode of sports. (laughs) Dump. How dare you? I'm sorry. Uh, Do you know what's happening in the next newspaper? Um, comic section looked good. Do you have anything? My grandma's opit is going to be in it. Well, that's sad. I know. You can't follow up my, um, my comic with that. No, I, the past couple of weeks we've been doing these on Wednesdays. And so it's been a lot easier because we just got off deadline. So I don't know. I necessarily what will be in Thursday's paper. I'm sure that we will have whatever happened with the fire in Centralia. And then, um, yeah, that's that's all I can give you right now. Sorry. 
Uh, fire update. Uh, Shayla's neighbors rally to give Historic Park a facelift. That's probably old. Picture of people at a park that had to be taken Saturday. Uh, yeah, you know what? What's in the next edition? Find out on your own. That's best yeah, left Pick up a that is copy best of the Chronicle. Hair. Yeah. Uh, in closing, we're sponsored by Summit Funding and the Roof Doctor. Leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts if you want. As always, it makes no difference to me. Thanks Ooh. for listening.